Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Monday, January 25th, 2021. It's a new week. That means we have a new episode of WandaVision dropped on Friday the 22nd. You had a whole weekend to watch it. Um, and it was the craziest episode of the TV series yet. Of course, we got to talk about what we saw, what we think might happen in the future, and any little Easter eggs that we saw. Uh, much like we did last week with episodes one and two. Only got one episode to talk about, but... Shoot, we might have more to talk about in this one episode than the last two combined. Revealed a little bit more. Yeah, not as uh, speculation, as much speculation, but uh, more actual content to uh, talk about. And then also, we are doing a movie review. So we talked about it last week. We did not uh, decide the movie, and then we did not decide it until today. Uh, hand up, that's on us. Um, we are reviewing Outside the Wire, starring Anthony Mackie and a guy who I thought was related to Idris Elba. Um, Dames and Idris. That's why. It's his yeah. last name, not his first. <laughs> yeah, my brain wasn't working. Uh, Netflix original movie came out last week, January 15th. Uh, it's fitting. WandaVision is an MCU. Uh, Anthony Mackie is obviously in, t- in the next MCU show that's going to be released on Disney+. Plus. So that's fitting. I mean, we're within the lines. This is outside the wire. <laughs> it just it works perfect. Uh, it's an action war future movie. Um, and we got some stuff to talk about. Let's get into it. I don't feel so good. Hulk! 
WandaVision episode 3. Um, after episodes 1 and 2, obviously I was very excited for the rest of the series. Uh, we were very speculative. Um, but it was more of just an excited to see the entire thing unfold. Yep. And now after this episode, I'm just super excited for the next episode. Yeah, I, I mean the other two were definitely setting it up and starting this slow burn that they're getting into. This felt like kind of... I think this is a nine episode series, if I'm not mistaken. This was the, end the, of the en- first act. This is the yeah. end of the first act. Yeah. You know, we're getting into the fucking beef, you know, the the, the meat of the story mm-hmm. coming up. And you could tell that by the cliffhanger. And it's probably why when they gave out the screeners to like the the you know, the people who write articles and shit, they stopped right here. Yeah. Because okay. shit's about to get fucking crazy after this. Yeah. Um I don't want to talk about the end, you know, because that's obviously the cliffhanger. We'll rewind it all the way back to the beginning. Um WandaVision continues its trek through the decades of sitcoms, American sitcoms. Um, this time we see it in color for the first time. It's 70 sitcom theme. Uh, the opening, you know, called back to various 70 sit- sitcoms. I know, like, the Brady Bunch was one of them. Um, I want to say, like, Dick Van Dyke? Could be wrong. I think you're wrong. I don't remember if they said the Dick Van Dyke show or whatever. <sighs> there was some. I watched a YouTube video. There was some. but There's a lot. Just the opening was very 70s. Um, the set pieces, the coloring, the outfits, everything was very 70s, and they kept that up. Um, the overall basis of the story is pretty much Wanda being pregnant, excuse me, and her pregnancy accelerating, her and Vision learning how to be parents, um, Vision kind of preparing for that, Wanda preparing for that, and then, you know, she's kind of losing control of her powers a little bit. Whatever happens to her and her pregnancy that happens to the whole area around her, again, spoiler, because as we don't know for sure, but it's pretty much, I mean, it was kind of, shown at the end she's kind of controlling everything going on yeah i mean we knew that when the show was announced we're like you know (laughs) so that was tied in that regard and then she eventually has the kid she has the one kid uh vision comes back and then surprise the second kid twins which are the twins uh wiccan and speed at least it hasn't been confirmed in the show but that's you know that's their comic book names um billy and tommy are regular names um so that'll be interesting um and then you know there's some interesting little tidbits thrown throughout so I know the first thing that I really took notice of uh, was the one scene where Vision was outside. He was talking to his neighbor, and his neighbor was cutting the lawn, cutting the bushes. Okay. He starts cutting through the fence. Um, when I saw that, I initially thought maybe that guy was a sword agent trying to, like, cut through a barrier. You know what I mean? Oh. But as it turns out, we, we you know, find out in the end of the episode he's more of a, a citizen of the area. Yep. Um, a resident, I should say, or I, I can't think of the right word. But And I'm th- I was Wait, thinking – a resident? Well, I said citizen first. That just sounded too no, no, official. No. Um, <laughs> and when he was doing that, obviously, I think it was apparent then that he's probably trying to get Vision's attention. Like, hey, something's fucked up here. Yep. Um, so there was that. And uh, the other weird thing about it, I don't want to say weird, but was the doctor trying to go on vacation to Bermuda, and then he couldn't leave, and then he said that comment to uh, Vision, you know, oh, sometimes you just can't get away from this small little town. And It's I, hard to escape or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And there was a lot of that, that uh, you know, the, the other characters, you know, we saw it in the first episode with kind of the choking and then the, the wife saying to stop it. And we saw a little bit of the second episode, you know, kind of how they pretended that they were magicians, didn't see all the magic going on. Yep. But this was the first time that it like openly kind of addressed in a weird way, like, hey, something's wrong here. And they were like trying to get Vision's attention where it wasn't so spe- so much speculative. It was kind of like in your face, especially if you're looking for it. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah. 
No, I, I definitely agree. I think the biggest thing um, earlier in the episode, they do another rewind, but seamlessly to where a lot of people were like, I thought my TV messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, where he very clearly is like, something weird is going on here, Wanda. And she's just like, nope. Yeah, it just um, which restarts. Which was interesting because I kind of thought Vision sort of had some idea of what was going on the whole time. What do you mean? So, like, I thought he kind of was on the same page as Wanda. But I feel like Wanda sort of knows more than he does even. Oh, for sure. I don't – my theory is, you know, I don't think Vision's real. Well, yeah. I think he is a – now, there's two ways this could be real. And I see people asking, like, is this after Endgame? This is before. I think it's 1,000% after Endgame. It is. They No, they they came out and confirmed it. Okay, yeah. I don't – I didn't know why people were speculating that. I mean, I said last week the calendar thing, like, lined up to be 2023. Um, but obviously Vision was killed in Infinity War, did not appear in Endgame. Um, so this could either be two things. It could be one, you know, her just imagining him. And that's why every time he questions it, maybe it questions his reality. And if he finds out everything's fake, then he'll find out he's fake, you know, and then her kind of illusion goes away. Or B, if you want to say he is real and they want to keep him around um, because he is a good character and um, whatever his name is, you're going to have to help me as a good actor. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is a good actor. They could say the whole Shiri thing when she was like working on him and she like stored the memories or whatever. I know that was something we talked about, like, oh, is that how he's going to come back for WandaVision? Um, so there could be something like that where maybe he doesn't have the the soul stone anymore. Maybe at yeah. the end of this it comes out he's somehow an actual human. I don't know how that would happen, but sure, he put him in a human body. I don't know. Well, the whole thing is, <coughs> and they even said it in Infinity War, where they're like, if you remove the soul stone, there's still a whole lot of vision left. Yeah. So even if they just repaired him in some way. Yeah. Via Wanda or something, he doesn't have the Soul Stone. There's still a whole lot of vision left, though. Yeah. I mean, word for word, that's what they said. Um, I just don't think it's a guarantee that he's actually, like, alive in the flesh like the show is. Well, and I think what's going to end up playing out is that he's going to realize that, and he's going to tell Wanda, like, this isn't real. You can't do this. You have to let go. Yeah. And she's going to, and that's what's going to make her fucking break. And then at the end, they'll it'll be like, oh, we saved Vision. Here he is, the real Vision. Uh, if they keep like, him, like what happened? I I think we may not get Vision after this. Yeah, it's comic books though. I mean, it is. Um, so yeah, I could you know like you would say like yeah he could you would think that he would have more of an idea of what's going on since he's a, could be a figment of her imagination, but um I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, and, and obviously something's going on, and we've seen in the trailers and stuff where more he's gonna be questioning more and more. Throughout the episodes, I didn't watch trailers, um, so I won't say anything. Then, but <laughs> in the trailers, you can see him questioning like the neighbors and other shit, mm-hmm. like figuring it out. So that's definitely going to keep building up. Mm-hmm. Um, what they think is going to happen is we're going to get six thirty-minute episodes each sitcom. Okay, last three are going to be hour-long, full-blown movie, you know, fifty-minute-long. Yeah. Shit, um, that'd be nice. Because this apparently this show has more special effect shots than Avengers Endgame. Jesus. And we haven't seen really any of them yeah. <laughs> up until this point. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Well, I mean, as we know, you know, this was – I don't know if it was confirmed or it was like a rumor that it's pretty much going to be true. Uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in this. Yep. And obviously he hasn't – there isn't even an inkling of him at all. So this whole – you know, fake world sitcom thing. Like it'll probably go on the second act. Like you said, it'll be kind of going on, but breaking at the same time. And then the end that episode six, you know, episode three was great. Episode four and five will probably be good. 
and then six will probably be the big like calling it out end of episode six is a shot of dr strange showing up i yeah i like, wouldn't be surprised like steven we need your help and then it like, shows dr strange or whatever so we're in the 70s now fours 80s 80s 90s 2000s they don't have to do 2010s so 2000s is probably their modern family episode yeah where she's gonna be like and i mean there's the one shot where she's like yeah everything's fine like looking into the camera i feel like that's when shit's gonna get fucked up (laughs) and she's gonna like very meta be like everything's fine everything's fine when shit obviously isn't fine yeah and everything's gonna go to hell after that and then yeah just like you said movie style stuff no more sitcom um we still don't really know if there's like an actual villain in this so there's been a lot of uh speculation we talked about Mephisto and the other guy um who the beekeeper could possibly be um we thought that maybe the neighbor's wife was Mephisto, or husband was Mephisto 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 I like Mephisto <laughs> um but it, more speculation I I sent you the YouTube video I watched is that she's like a witch she's like a certain witch that's in the comments it's almost confirmed yeah that so she's not so would she be working with Sword, or is she someone that just got trapped there? Working with Mephisto. Oh. I thought she was a good girl. Nope. No, I don't think so. Then how could – because it seems at the end, you know, she didn't want the neighbor to kind of break its vision that all this was fake. Maybe she's not the one in charge of it, and if she fucks up, Mephisto gets pissed off. So she's slightly instigating, but still wanting to keep it going for a while. Well, and one thing I saw in that video, too, is, like, there's the theory that what Mephisto wants is her kids mm-hmm. to what turn him evil or whatever he wants to do. With Which them. would make sense when you go back, and I'm sure if that plays out, you go back and look at, like, episode two where the entire theme is for the children. Yeah. And the whole thing seems like they're setting up trying to make them have kids. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And there was the scenes um, – it said that in that YouTube video, but there was, like, baby imagery. Uh, that one shot of the, the blonde girl and her husband. There was, like, the babies on the vase. And, mm-hmm. um, there was the – he was reading a, a newspaper that said, like, two fire hydrants, but it, like, kind of looked like two hydra. Oh. Um, so – and then, obviously, the hydra soap commercial. Yep, another commercial. Um, oh. Trauma and shit. Was that your theory or something you read on Reddit? No, it was something I read. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I think you're spot on with that, Ty. <laughs> like, Thank you. I've seen other people talking about what they think the commercials are. And I don't think that really makes sense. One thing I saw in that YouTube video I sent you uh, was that those two actors, I didn't even realize it was the same people every time. Is it, though? I, definitely in the first two. Yeah, the first two. I didn't think it was the third one. Though. Yeah, this third one, it looked like that girl was like an older version. And if you look when she's in the bathtub and the, there's a guy fanning her with the leaf, I think that's the guy. I have to look. Um, that the, the theory is that that's her parents, maybe. Okay. Um, and that's just like, I don't know, imagery that she's getting mm-hmm. and it makes sense. You know, commercials interrupt your showing it. It's kind of interrupting her little dream that she's living in. So it's her, you know, the fucking trauma being ignored from her reality and put into little commercial breaks to stay out of what she's actually yeah. has going on. Um, yeah, man. Biggest part of the episode though, mm-hmm. was, talk about it yet, huh? uh, Monica Rambo, Geraldine mm-hmm. bringing up her brother yeah, and Ultron. Yeah. And Wanda, not being very happy about that, <laughs> sent her ass flying. Um, so it, it it was the you know she's like I'm you know talking about their her kids who are twins. Mm-hmm. She's like I'm a twin actually, and starts singing the Scovian song or whatever. Yeah, and then for either she knew or she kind of snapped out of it and was like, oh shit, that's what's going on. But then Monica was like, he was killed by Ultron. Like this isn't real. I know something else is fucking going on. And then realizes she pisses her off and tries to backpedal real fucking quick. Yeah. Um, so obviously it seems like they know not to fuck with her. Yeah. 
but at the same time it's like I don't think they're entire like they're acting the whole time. I feel like something else is going on too. What do you mean by that? So, so it's not like she's intentionally not saying anything. I feel like she doesn't like she isn't in the like some Wanda has control of her to not say something. Has control of Monica? Has everyone. Okay. To where it's like obviously you know something's going on but you're not going to say it until it kind of breaks out of that reality. Yeah. Well, that's why I was going to like I was going to ask you is you know, when you first see Geraldine, she's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. And the theory was, you know, she flew in the helicopter and then she got like fucked up in the results trying to come into this. And she kind of like lost her memory. Yeah. Um, and then she had that moment where she mentioned Ultron. She kind of had like, you know, like she like snapped. So is that like a lapse in Wanda's control? Is that Geraldine maybe not being controlled by Wanda, but then like having a lapse of judgment? I don't know. I think she's, you know, Wanda's controlling everything that's going on. Okay. But I think that was her snapping out of it for a second and then realizing, well, I snapped out of it. And then after that, she snapped out of it, but realized she fucked up and shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, But maybe not, because earlier in the episode, obviously, she comes over and says, oh, I need a bucket because all the water, the pipes in my house broke. We very quickly learned she doesn't have a house there. Oh, she shit, lied. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. She full on lied to get close to Wanda. I didn't even think about that. So, who knows what's going on? Yeah, she wanted to be there for the babies for whatever reason. Maybe her her objective was to make sure the babies were safe from Mephisto. Mephisto. I must just say Mephisto. <laughs> we don't know what's going on, but... And she was obviously, we didn't mention, but she was sent out of the town. Got fucking booted. Went through this, like, kind of, I don't know, barrier-looking thing. and It's like a force field type thing. Force field, that's the word I was looking for. Um, and then flies out, and you have all the sword people kind of... Circling around her, pointing guns at her. I don't know why they were pointing guns. I was kind of rude. Probably because they didn't know what was going on, and then I realized it's her and chill out. Yeah. Nothing. Just keep going. Um, My one question, though, just to get your, your brain cooking a little bit. It's okay. nighttime when this happens, when she gets kicked out. Yes. Very clearly daytime. Yeah, I didn't think in about the show. that. Um, the rumored slash confirmed villain for Doctor Strange is Nightmare, mm-hmm. who's supposed to fuck up the the night night realm dream realm uh, nightmare. It's fucking dreaming. Yeah, <laughs> is everyone asleep in this town? And this is all Wanda f- in their heads creating like a dream reality, and Nightmare's the one controlling it all. So not even any Mephisto. No. Um, because Nightmare is confirmed for Doctor Strange. This is confirmed to connect. Could this be the whole town is like fucking asleep? But all connected because of Wanda. So his name is Nightmare, not Nightmare. It's just Nightmare. Okay. Um, yeah, that's something I've I've seen too. Is like a theory that they're all asleep, and that's why when Monica Rambeau gets kind of thrown out, she's like not like conscious. She's kind of like, like waking up. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. That somehow they're all in like, cause she can make people uh, like not visualize. What's the word? Like, uh, see things. Hallucinate. Hallucinate, yeah, because she did it to Iron Man and uh, didn't she do it to Thor as well? Or mm-hmm. was it just yeah. Um, she did that in Age of Ultron, so I don't know. See, does she have – when she when Monica Rambeau got shot out of the city, it wasn't a red force field. Like, she had red stuff, like, kind of on her when she got out, but when the force field happened, it was, like, a blue color. You it kind of looked like pixels, like TV. Yeah. You would think, though, if Wanda was the one controlling the it'd circle, be red. it'd be red. Unless I'm just reading in between the line within the lines too much on that one. Oh, um, no, I don't know. See, that's the thing that makes it so intriguing. It's like we know there's this false reality, and she has some hand in it. Wanda does, obviously, because 
it's supposed to be this perfect sitcom world because, you know, maybe that's what she saw on TV, you know, growing up at Sokovia or whatever. She saw, like, American sitcoms, whatever. So she's trying to paint this perfect world. But we don't know if she's truly the one that's totally controlling this, if someone's manipulating her. Yep. Maybe someone like a Mephisto, <laughs> Mephisto or a Nightmare is <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe if you do this, I can get you vision back or I don't know, you know, something. Made a deal with the – oh, made a deal with the devil, Mephisto. Yeah. There you go. Like, There's also um, Catherine Hahn again with the line that said, "My husband looks better in the dark." Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, people are saying like uh, that's that's another reference to like a devil type thing. Shit. So yeah, I, I feel like they're teasing the fuck out of it, but who knows? Riley said that she saw read an article that some people think the blonde girl is going to be Mephisto. I don't think so. I think the blonde girl was supposed to be, like, another character. Like, a reference to another character in the comics. Not like it's going to have a role, but just, like, a like a tease. Yeah. Um. Now, another thing. Are you good with that? Did you have anything else to say? No, I just don't know. I don't That's my answer. <laughs> and, and I'm excited. Um, We talked, I think it was last week, where I said Evan Peters is confirmed. The X-Men Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw in this, it took one episode for her to go the entire nine months of her pregnancy. Yeah. Is there a chance her kids are grown up and one of her kids has super speed? Evan Peters plays a quick superhero, just version of her kid. No, I think that's absolutely a possibility. Not because everyone would expect him to play Quicksilver, which is her brother. But why not bring him in to play her kid who has super speed? No, I, absolutely. I mean, if she she controls this this shit, you know what I mean? So yeah. there there's a case to be made that her kids aren't even real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is a chance that we could see an adult version of them. Whether that translates to the MCU afterwards, again, it's tricky because you have this weird, you know, bubble thing where you don't know what's real and what's not real. I mean, obviously, none of it's real, real. But, um, yeah, I could see that. I could see there being, you know, episode six, they're adults. Episode, you know, four, they're young kids. And episode five, they're teenagers. And episode six, they're adults. That's something I feel like we'll definitely know the answer to after episode four. Like if they're, yeah, if they've already grown and they're like young kids or whatever. Yeah. It'd be like, okay, they're going to be adults at one point in this show. Well, because I think they play a role in young Avengers, Mm -hmm. which is what they've been setting up with the Kate Bishop and the Hawkeye show. Um, and then Spider-Man and then Ironheart, the show they confirmed like the young Tony Stark, Mm -hmm. it would just make sense to bring them along the, the recasting of Ant-Man's daughter to play a more, crucial role yeah yeah um wait it, they recast her yeah the older version yeah oh i didn't even know so that. the girl in endgame got recast oh i didn't even know that yeah the, so it that makes sucks. sense that they have plans for that character what a missed opportunity for her she missed out on a lot of fucking money why did she not want to do it no, no i don't think she, she even found she didn't realize she was not coming back that's fucked up but i mean <laughs> her and ed norton <laughs> and uh the, the one guy whose name i don't know <laughs> the don Cheadle replaced yeah <laughs> I feel like he's the one who missed out the most because he's been there from the fucking beginning, and now he's yeah. getting his own TV show. Yeah. I would say Ed Norton, but they fucked up Hulk. I'm so pissed about that. Plus, Hulk hasn't got his own shit. There's a She-Hulk show, though. That's I guarantee true. He's going to be in that. Wasn't he confirmed for yeah, that? Yeah, he is. You're right. Um, I was totally unrelated. I was watching a video about something. I don't remember what it was. It was just like a Watch Mojo video, and they showed a clip of the Incredible Hulk final fight scene with Annihilation. Oh, it was... The most rewarding moment in every MCU film. That's what it was. Okay. And, God, it's just crazy how far CGI has come. Does it look bad? Just compared to today's standards, yeah. 
I remember it looking really fucking good. But it's one of those things, like video games too. You play a video game five years ago, you're like, how can I can't imagine like GTA, but 2013, like how could it look better than this? And then when GTA 6 comes out, we're gonna be like, oh fuck, you know? <laughs> Red Dead Redemption even looked great, and then in five years we'll be like, oh fuck. It's just one of those weird okay, things. Yeah. That's fair. Um, where were we? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, you're talking about Evan Peters. Yeah, yeah I think that's a possibility. Um. I feel like a missed opportunity was to have Doctor Strange show up in like the '50s episode as an old timey doctor, like the big metal disc on his head. I think they're saving him though. I'm telling you, he's no, they are. But I feel like that would have been really funny. <laughs> That's what they'll. So once you watch all the episodes, like, and your Disney Plus account confirms you watched them all and you've seen the whole story, then they digitally alter it. So if you rewatch <laughs> it, it's Doctor Strange. Just for the jokes, I like it. <laughs> so. I don't know. It also the Evan Peters thing. It could be a, like we said, the multiverse is potentially cracking open, and it could just be a quick, kind of like how Deadpool teased, you know, the X Men or whatever when they opened the door and it was all like the old X Men. It could just be something like that, where maybe it's like a super quick thing, you know? Yeah, it could be. Who knows? I'm fucking stoked though. Episode four and five are gonna be good. It's weird to say I'm really excited for episode six because I, I can already see how they're gonna break this shit up. Yeah, well, episode six is going to be the last of the sitcoms. And that's I guarantee that's when we see Strange. I guarantee it at the end. And it's going to be fucking exciting because after episode six, we're not going to be able to wait for episode seven. <laughs> Fuck, that's in so long. Yeah. So what? Episode four is next Friday, the 29th. Also coming out that day is the movie we're going to review. Um, yep, that one. <sighs> looks good. Uh, the fifth will be episode five. <laughs> So, February 12th. Okay. Episode 6, episode 7, episode 8. So, if it's nine episodes, it'll run us to March 5th. Sounds about right, because I think Loki comes out in May. One of them comes out in March, one of them comes out in May. I believe. Maybe Loki comes out in March, then. I think there are only six episodes, so that might work out. I think this is the longest one. I think the other ones are six one-hour episodes. I I uh, heard that they're probably gonna push Black uh, Widow back even more. Yeah, which no shit. Just release it on Disney just, Plus I, Premium. I, I'm, no one's gonna give a fuck about it by the time you release it in theaters. Yeah, like it's already was a prequel where like people are like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be interesting, but like there isn't that Avengers hype around it. Yeah, and it's just dying worse and worse. Is it gonna? Is it gonna be their worst box off? Well, obviously because of yes. <laughs> you know what? I'll go out on a limb and say yes. Um, let's see. Oh, this is all the movies. I don't care about the movies. I, I just want to know about the shows. Okay, WandaVision, January 15th. Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Soldier. Soldier is March 19th. So, yeah, that makes sense. WandaVision wraps on the 5th, week off for the March 12th, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. Or do they just go back-to-back, -back, take WandaVision on March 12th, and then just right into – just punch your mic. <laughs> yeah, right into Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think they'll probably take a week off. But. I mean, if I'm wrong and it is a 10-episode thing, that would also make sense. But I could see the week in between. And then Loki is May, just says May 2021. Um, It might be a bigger gap there because the, I know for a fact Falcon Winter Soldier is only six. Isn't it like six-hour-long episodes? Yeah, yeah, they're longer. And it's supposed to be just one really long movie. Yes. Not what this is. No. I'm more excited for the Loki show, if I'm being honest, but... I'm more. I'm most excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really, I think it's number three for me. Um, I think it's gonna be fucking good. <laughs> I like those. I love the Captain America movies, like the Winter Soldier, and that kind of shit. Yeah. 
Um, we'll see. This is fun, though. Um, I will say this is my least favorite of the non-MCU just sitcom. Themed. Part of the episode. They had some theming, like they had like the, the just the dumb dialogue in the beginning, and I was just it was my least enjoyable, and maybe I just don't like seventy sitcoms. That or maybe I was gonna say you have a dumb brain. I'm gonna say maybe your dumb brain thought the other ones were more sitcommy just because they're black and white. No, I enjoyed the humor. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. The first one, like there's the stuff going on at Vision's work, which was enjoyable, and then the stuff you know with the Catherine Hans neighbor. Yeah. Like, that was enjoyable. The second one, the talent show was funny. Him going to the, the thing, calling the one dude communist. Yeah. This one, it was just kind of less enjoyable, but the payoff was better. I thought it was. But it was my favorite episode yet. I don't know. I think two was for me. This is by far my favorite episode yet. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for ne- next week. I'm excited for episode four. I'm excited to review that one movie that I can't think of the name of right now. Yeah, it'll be great. Movies coming out on January. I don't remember what the fuck it was about. You just said it was going to be good. The Little Things. There it is. Um, It is about Deputy Sheriff Joe Deke Deacon joins forces. <laughs> what a name. Joins forces with Sergeant Jim Baxter to search for a serial, serial killer who's terrorizing Los Angeles. As they track the culprit, Baxter is unaware that the investigation is dredging up echoes of Deke's past, uncovering disturbing secrets that could threaten more than his case. Wow. Um, That's fun. We did. Gonna, it's going to be a good, like, thriller, kind of whatever those kind of movies are called. Suspense? Yeah, like a like the detective movie. Yeah. So there's that. We watched an action movie this week. Yes, we did. Um, Outside the Wire on Netflix. Um, in a near future, a drone pilot sent into a war zone finds himself paired with a top-secret android officer on a mission to stop a nuclear attack. Of course, spoilers coming, so if you haven't watched it, um, pause this episode and go watch it and then come back to this. Or just watch, or just listen and spoil the movie for yourself. I mean, true. go watch it. I was going to say it doesn't matter if you get spoilers. I feel like it kind of matters, though. Yeah, this is... I thought it was going to be a dumb action movie, but... It, it, they, there's yeah I, uh, the first half score for story is about half as good as the second half score for story first half of this movie i was like all right this is gonna get whatever score that doubled by the end of the movie yeah and we talked about it beforehand you're saying how the second half was you thought it was much better than the first half um i didn't really have like i mean i definitely see how the second half you know like there was more going on and everything but i didn't think the first half was necessarily bad i wasn't like blown away by the second half yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't think it was me being blown away by the second half. It was me being let down by the first half. Truthfully. I had very low expectation. expectations, if I'm being honest. That's fair. So did I. This is <laughs> the last second, hey, I heard about this movie. We have nothing else to do. We literally watched it today. Yeah, for sure. Um, you already read the you know, the synopsis or whatever, but pretty much this, this drone pilot kills two guys, you know, trying to save the greater good, and he shot down like this this truck that had like a missile in it or whatever he thought everyone would die if he didn't shoot it down so he shot this down gets in trouble has to go on this training mission with anthony mackie's character who we find out is like this robot cyborg takes place in like 2033 or some shit they said that the u.s military created excuse me and they go on a mission first they deliver these vaccines and then there is a russian yes terrorist uh victor koskov v is vk that sounds right. 
Krasny. Uh, definitely wasn't Krasny. <laughs> I think it was Victor Kozlov. Um, okay. Um, so he's going to get these nuclear codes. He's going to bomb the United States. So Anthony Mackie and uh, Idris Elba's cousin, uh, Damson Idris. <laughs> they go on this mission to find uh, VK, what, Victor, and there's a little bit of a twist. So we get the scene. They're at the bank. They're fighting. Uh, Damson, Harp, I'll just call him Harp. Harp's, you know, he's trying to save some people. There's a little yep. bit of a shootout going on between, you know, the American forces, robots, and then, like, the Russian force and robots, and some civil- civilians die because of it. Um, Anthony mm-hmm. Mackie tells Mr. Harp that uh, Victor is there. He's going to go get the, the codes or whatever. Goes and kills this one guy, gets the codes. Uh, the U.S. government ends up bombing it to try to kill uh, Victor and maybe even just let Leo, which is Anthony Mackie's character, kind of just die. Fuck it. Um, and then the twist happens where Anthony Mackie is not really working for the United States government. He is kind of doing his own thing, and he kind of takes it to Harp, fucks him up, leaves him on the side of the road. Uses Harp for the mission, like tricks him. Yeah, gets him to remove like his tracking device or whatever, and then there was the whole – he talked about like the paradox of command where Harp – Leo was in charge of Hart, but Leo technically couldn't do anything without Hart because he was, you know, not programmed to do so. Um, like his judgment, like if he told him not to do something, he couldn't unless he deemed his judgment not good. Yeah. Which he got rid of his thing, so it was like he obviously couldn't judge. Yeah. That's the paradox. Yeah. It was like big brain moment by a robot. Um, and it this is when it got interesting really is because it was almost like this kind of heel turn kind of plot twist, like, oh, Leo's the bad guy, but it – he wasn't full bad guy because I feel like until the very end, we really didn't know what he was doing or why he was doing it. Yeah, no, it was a heel turn. Like, he was a bad guy, but then it was like, hey, bad guy, maybe very very Thanos-like, just got done talking Marvel. A bad yeah. guy, good good plan, bad execution. But I didn't know for sure, like, exactly, you why? know, obviously he kills Victor, but, mm-hmm. like, there's a part of it like, oh, is he working with Victor? Yeah. And then he ends up killing Victor, and then he kind of does his own thing, and there's the girl he's working with. and Kills Victor in an awesome fucking way, too. Yeah. <laughs> Stabs him through the chest with his own flag. <laughs> VK. Um, and the whole, you know, his whole motive behind it was, you know, he wanted to, uh, you know, nuke the United States to kind of show them that the robot, you know, their robot they create is the one that they defied him because he wanted that program to end them to stop making robots and really to just stop, you know, pretending to be peacekeepers. Uh, in the Middle East, and it was kind of a really meta mo- uh, movie because it's kind of in- indicative of you know our past as a country, and not so much uh, modern day. You know, um, yeah, we're not in any wars right now, so that's good. Not to get political, <laughs> but out of the last four years, I will give credit where credit is due. We are not in any wars. It's true. Um, so it, it was kind of meta, though. It was kind of like this, you know, kind of political commentary or social commentary really about kind of the United States always kind of sticking their foot in everything and painting it like they're the good guys when really it's like, are they the good guys? You know, like um, that's kind of what this addressed. Yeah. And it was also like the using robots to fight wars and shit was like his thing. And it was like, if you take the humanity out of it, then they won't care who dies. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of how it is today. Like the drones and shit, like the drone strikes in the middle East or whatnot. Like, there's zero U.S. casualties. There's plenty of other casualties, though. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of, you know, commentary on that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, our, fuck, our country went on drone strike fucking crazy the last decade. Um, so, and, and I mean, it, it was a good twist. Yeah. Hand up. It was a good twist. It's not just the cookie-cutter action movie, 
it was a commentary. They had something to say, and you didn't know what was going on until the very end. Yeah, for sure. And not like a, this is stupid, I don't get it. It was like a, what's going on? Yeah. Um, with no, that being said, solid. what was your plot and story, Jay? Let's click over to my... Um, 15. I also gave it a 15. It was good, man. I mean, obviously there wasn't a, a ton of, like depth and interweaving storylines and like you said the first half of this movie uh, from that standpoint it was kind of cut and paste kind of story for a long time seemed like a really uh just traditional kind of war buddy war (laughs) buddy war like buddy cop buddy war movie where (laughs) it looked like it was going to be this thing where it's this guy and this robot and it's like oh you don't trust me he keeps saying that and then there was going to be a final scene where like they triumph together or whatever and then they throw a curveball which i mean i usually pick up on these things but they did a good job of, you know, movies fall victim to this, I think, because they want to be clever and they want people to go back and like rewatch and be like, oh, OK, uh, they almost foreshadow too much. OK, a lot of movies have that problem where it's like, you know, there's oh, other a, movies. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah, going to yeah, be yes. a twist and but we're going to foreshadow it. And yeah, th- this didn't do it at all. And really. I mean, they have like a cutback scene to where he's talking about it. But without context, that means nothing. Yeah. Like there is. I guess you could say foreshadowing. Yeah. It, it has nothing. It means nothing unless you know how it ends. Yeah. So they did a good job in that. And I mean, anything higher than 15 would probably be too high, but 15, I think that's very good. Like I was saying that the second half of this movie doubled the score because it was a cookie cutter <laughs> action movie. And I was going to give it like a seven. Yeah. Like I was watching. I was like, this is like a, this is like a seven. And then I was like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Um, it was not cookie cutter. It was different. There was the sci-fi element to it, but then, like like you said, the commentary and shit, um, it did a good job of keeping you on your feet. Yeah. Um, the story made sense, too. It wasn't like, he's here and he's here. Like, you kind of understood what was going on most of the time. Yeah. And with that being said, there was a good twist and suspense built in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, 15. Felt good. Visual slash cinematography, I will tell you now, Ty, this is my lowest score. Okay. Um. I don't know if I'm just becoming a visual slash cinematography VFX snob, but sorry again. Um, there was just some things in this movie that kind of s- stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Um, okay. I thought the CGI of when they first revealed that he's like a robot and he has his shirt off and it's like Anthony Mackie's head just kind of like floating on this robotic body. That looked really bad. Not great. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say really bad, but not great. There was some, uh, some of the action scenes, which I'll talk about the actual action itself in a different category coming up next, key elements. like Maybe but, I need to start doing that. What? I always I leave key elements and I get to it, but like visual cinematography, I absolutely weigh the action scenes. And maybe I shouldn't. See, I weigh like the way that they look, but like it's almost how they're like shot how entertaining they are. The one drawback I had from the action scenes was like, I don't know if you noticed this, but some of the fight scenes, like obviously Anthony Mackie is like a robot, and so he's a little bit faster. But you could very much tell it's almost like they recorded Anthony Mackie, like doing or his body double, whoever kind of doing like a fight scene, uh-huh. and then just sped him up like one point two five speed. Yeah, it looked a little wonky. And um, again, for a movie in 2020, 2021, excuse me. Oh shit! I think it could have looked better. I, I shit you not today. I had to type in what year is it. <laughs> I, I googled it and I was like, it, it's twenty one, right? Oh my gosh! I felt like I had fucking dementia. Have a stroke? <laughs> I don't know. Um. And I wish I had more off the top of my head because now I feel like a dick giving it this low of a score. Uh, but I give it a 10. I mean, that's not that bad of a score. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, my one, the one thing that jumped oh, out to me. I didn't like the colors. 
I think it was intentional, but it just seemed like a very mono monotoned, monotheistic. I didn't mind it. I liked like the rain scene when he showed up. I thought that looked very yeah. good. Yeah, that was good. Um, my one thing is the action sequence where they blow up the. Is it a bank? I think yeah. it's a bank they blow up. I've never felt more like they were shooting on a movie set than I did oh, watching that. That looks like um, it looked like Universal's backlot. Yes, I, I think I was it was. Like, this is Universal's backlot, and it's yeah. never stood out to me more in a movie other Thank than. Thank you. That's what I had to say. Um, Back to the Future. I would say just because I've seen that in person. <laughs> but I, I was watching it, and it was like two tall buildings on the side, and then one building in the front. Yeah. And there's like long streets either way. I was like, this is just a hundred percent a fake set. Yeah. Uh, yep. Like stuck out like a sore thumb. Thank you for saying that because I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, that's universal. Like, yeah, no, like it was so obvious. Thank you. I bet you it was. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised because it looked like, and maybe someone who hasn't done the studio tour, not to brag, but we've done the studio tour. Minor flex. Um, maybe they wouldn't. I mean, under license soundtrack was under license from Universal Music Operations. I'm sure it's Limited. Universal, or I know Atlanta has a giant film set. But um, this one looked like Universal, dude. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you for that. That jumped out to me a lot. <laughs> I was like, you know, usually it's like on-set shit. This is like, this was a prefab that they made for this. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, I don't think the CGI looked incredible. The robots moved kind of wonky. Yeah. Um, but I really liked the action for the most part. See, and I put that more in key elements. Which, that's fair. And again, maybe I need to adjust this moving forward. <laughs> I only gave it a 14. It's okay. not incredible. Um, I didn't think the VFX were as bad as you did, so maybe get, without that it would have been a 12. I'm a VFX snob. Um, but the action was entertaining. I liked some of the fight sequences. I, I really liked the one where he killed Victor. Yeah. And he's just throwing this dude's body around in front of him, breaking him in multiple fucking ways. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. There was that. There was the the scene where they confront that one guy. I can't remember his name, where they get the information where Victor is going. Okay, yeah. And, you know, he's fighting the two guys and, like, breaking their limbs and stuff. And then he chases them down. And, Good fucking action. Um, one thing I did like about – I guess this could be visuals. Um, and it could be – this part I think would be considered visuals is I feel like you don't see this a lot in movies. And I feel like – so they were, they would shoot guys and you would see the blood splatter, like, out of their head. I just feel like you don't see that a lot. <laughs> like, you guys just are down. I think the, the – There was, like, actual blood, like – The honest reason is you typically are watching PG-13 action, and this was an <laughs> yeah, R-rated probably. movie. So they're probably. like, let's just add some fucking blood in there. We can do it. Because it was, like, like realistic splatters. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Um, I just thought about that right now because when the girl, like, walks up and just shoots the guy in the head, like, all ruthless-like, I was like, damn. I liked when he stuck his thumb in the dude's neck. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fucking cool. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the action was good. The scenes with um Anthony Mackie. Definitely. Those were the best action scenes. Um, and again, I put that in my key elements, and this might weigh out between our visuals and cinematography and key elements. Talk to me. What'd you give it? 17. See, I gave it a 17 anyways. Oh, shit. Um, so I like the action. Uh, it was a very worry movie, kind of sci-fi worry. Um, I originally gave this lower. I originally gave it a 15 because I was going to say, make the point that there are plenty of movies that are more, I feel like, worry than this. I mean, 1917 is a perfect example. Saving Private Ryan, which I've never seen. Um What's the other one? Dunkirk I've never seen, but I've heard great things about. I'm sure those movies set the tone more. But then we started talking about, like, the the messaging behind it, and I guess that's also plot and story. But um, I think there was a little bit of a political commentary built into this movie that's deeper than the plot, and it was an element that they were trying to, you know, especially making a war movie, they were trying to get across. And yeah, I think it did, and that gave it a two-point bump for me up to 17. 
No, yeah, I definitely liked it. And and the reason I, I knew about this movie is Anthony Mackie did press tour or whatever, had interviews for it, and I heard him talking about it. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he's like, I've done the MCU thing and everything. He's like, I love doing that. He's like, I like making movies that I liked growing up and watching. He was like, Terminator isn't this incredible movie. He's like, it's a fun movie with a robot kicking ass. Yeah. He was like, I like movies like that. And so I just kind of looked at it as like a, I don't I almost want to say like a dad movie. It is a, no, this more, is a dad movie. Where it's just like, maybe the story isn't incredible, which they actually did a pretty good job on the fucking story. Holy shit. Okay. Um, but it, it's just a fucking fun action, and there's weird shit going on. There's sci-fi elements. There's robots fighting robots. Um, it, it's just fun, dude. It's a fun watch. It's a movie it's, my dad would like. Yeah, and it's like fucking, obviously, the stage is huge. It's not some small town. It's world-ending nuclear. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's fucking, it's entertaining to watch. You have fucking shit flying from the air. You got gunfire. You got hand-to-hand combat. Like, it, it's fun. It's a fun watch. You have the chase when those two guys are fucking running from Anthony Mackie. Like, there's everything you could want in this. Yeah. And my one complaint is maybe it's it's a slow-ish build, um, but it it starts and it gets going, and the second it gets going, it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's this is happening. This is happening. There's action here, 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 um, and it's it's a fucking. You have your slime, you know, your slow build like a roller coaster, and then it's just fucking downhill fun. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so seventeen. I mean, in terms of what this movie was trying to achieve, they achieved it. Yeah. Uh, characters, Ty. What'd you give it? Um, I gave it a fourteen. Okay. What'd you give it? A fourteen. Okay. <laughs> um, Anthony Mackie was good in his role. Yeah. I, I think I just like Anthony Mackie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he was kind of a dick. Yeah. But still, you know, had something going on and had that heart to him. And I, it was just fucking Anthony Mackie. Yeah. I like the other guy that kind of, you know, made it to where he was like, yeah, there's casualties or whatever at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then at the end, like, he's trying to save people and he gets it. Like, there was very clearly a character arc there for him. Yeah. Um,. Nothing. Fourteen's the most I could possibly give it, though. Yeah, and my thing was I really liked actually these two main characters, and that almost made me give it higher. Um, I thought Anthony Mackie was great. I thought the Idris Elba's cousin was great. Yep. <laughs> um, I thought their chemistry together was really good too. Oh yeah, no, they um, worked well on screen together. Anthony Mackie being confident and cocky, and the other guy kind of being the rookie, as he's called. Yeah, and I mean I'm reading things on Rotten Tomatoes that say like you know bad things about the pairing, whatever. I thought they were good, and I thought they were really good together, and I think in a movie like this, you know, that's as good as you're going to get. Um, what keeps it from getting any higher, and this isn't necessarily something you need in a movie like this. Um, I mean, 14 still, you know, 7 out of 10. That's a passing score. Um, there's, like, no side characters, and there's no, you know, Victor is on screen for five minutes, and there's no, like, you know, compelling reason to him, and there's just no more depth besides them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you definitely. get some of the lieutenants and everything, and, again, you don't really need to establish this deep side character or you know, like whatever the case is, or this, you know, villain, which ends up kind of being Anthony Mackie, really. Um, you know, they really only needed two strong characters, and they gave two strong characters, and, you know, the rest would have been just filler, so. And, and that's what kind of where I'm saying 14's the highest I could give it. Yeah. Um, that's all they needed for this movie. Mm-hmm. Some movies aren't going to have this incredible cast where there's character arcs for everyone. Yeah. It's not what it was trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was two guys, and you had the story with the two guys, and they had pieces uh, that they used. One guy, one robot. Correct. Apologies, guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, they had pieces that they use, whether it's the victor, whether it's the side chick who helped them out a little bit, um, the the one commanding officer who played a small role. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other characters; they don't need the screen time, so they don't waste it giving yeah. it to them. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
Yeah, 14, though. I, that's really fucking good for sci-fi action movie. Like, Yeah. Oh. Um, one thing real quick. Totally. I always think of plot holes while we talk about the movie. The end sequence when they they shot a missile at the nuke, there was like 30 seconds when he started running. Oh, yeah. And There's then all of no a sudden he's he two got... miles away in a car. <laughs> There's no way he got that far. <laughs> yeah. That was great. <laughs> Maybe I should ding my plot slash story just for that. No, was, uh, I noticed that too. <laughs> it's like the missile's being shot, and he's right outside the silos, and then you see it blow up as he's driving down the road two miles <laughs> down the street. And there was like no point. He was like, Anthony Mackie said what he had to say, and then he was just kind of like staring at him. Like, it's like, dude, just go. Like, why do you care what Anthony Mackie has to say? Yeah. Just fucking go. <laughs> it very much was a, we're going to let the bad guy explain himself, and then we're going to leave. <laughs> Um, again, it's an action movie. There's those tropes. It did that well. I laughed when that happened. They showed him yeah. in the car. I was like, bullshit. It's fucking great. Bull fucking shit, dude. Because it was like 30 seconds left. Then it cut to the girl like, I hope you're out of there. And then she shoots the missile. And then it shows him running outside of the warehouse as she's shooting the missile. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, it cuts to him in the car. I also, I, I kind of chuckled at, um, I don't know what launch codes are actually carried in. I feel like a briefcase would be more fitting. This looked like a play, like like a fishing fishing box. <laughs> it just made me laugh how fake and toyish it looked. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, also, wouldn't it be a bigger explosion if you? I don't know how that works, but you shot a nuke. What? I would imagine the nuke would explode. Yeah. Again, I don't know how. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that works. They said no. Maybe yeah, we not, could do though. it. Oh, they would. Well, obviously they said it. That doesn't mean that's what. Would Where happen. do you think our nukes are? Because we have Area nukes. 51. Yeah. That's why they're keeping up the alien thing. Boom. It's not aliens. It's just nuclear holocaust. Have you ever thought about that? Like, where are the nukes? Probably just on, on military bases scattered throughout the United States. How many nukes do you think we have? Lots. What's the point of having nukes? I guess just so other people don't have nukes? Um, well, it's not like if you have nukes, no one else can have nukes. That's crazy. Um, I, just to be like, hey, if you if you nuke us, we'll nuke you. <laughs> hey oh my God. What a fucked up world we live in. United States have 5,800 nuclear warheads. Jesus. That is, dude. They are deployed on air, sea, and land platforms in what is referred to as the triad. That is fucking insane. How come? Okay. We don't even have the most. Russia has more nukes than us. Oh, fuck. Russia has 6,375. We have 5,800. I don't know if this list is in order or not, but the next one below that is, uh, no, it is in order, is France with 290. Jesus. So it's just a pissing contest between us and Russia. <laughs> um, Totally unrelated. Oh, China has 320. Who makes a list and puts 290 above 320? I don't know. China. China has 320. They would be next. Still much less than the thousands upon thousands <laughs> that we have. It's weird that you don't see, like, more superhero movies. Like, why don't, like, obviously they did it in Avengers, the first one. Um, but, like, you would think, like, if all of these superhero worlds, like, the number one solution is just going to be nuke it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if it takes place in New York City or whatever, like, then it's like, oh, well, do we kill everyone in New York City? But they they tried doing that in the first Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, there's 13,000 nukes worldwide. Russia has 6,000. We have 5,800. 
No one asked if there was ever like a creature attacking our country, we would nuke it to kill it and then blame another country and go to war with them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually the next plot of the Avengers. <laughs> um, they blame China, and that's how Shang Chi gets introduced. Oh Jesus! He's just like, Christ, what the fuck, Tyler. bro? Jesus Christ, Tyler! <laughs> Is that what they're gonna do in Godzilla versus Kong? They're not gonna let either of them win, so they're just gonna nuke them both. I mean, I'm more than positive that there will be a nuke in Godzilla versus King Kong. Kong, just Kong. It's just Kong. Yeah, he's not the king. No, just Kong. Maybe this it's is like from Kong Skull Island. Maybe it's just Zilla versus King or ver- Zilla versus Kong, and then it's like a title match. <laughs> Got like the God Belt and the King Belt. <laughs> I'm so fucking amped for that movie. They moved it up to March, dude. I'm so fucking amped. I have only seen the first Godzilla in this <laughs> monster verse, yeah. what they're calling it, and I haven't seen Kong Skull Island. But I'm so fucking amped. I'm going to give that movie like a 94. It's not going to deserve it. I So I think my issue is there just hasn't been a big blockbuster. Yeah. And like I haven't seen any of those movies. I haven't seen the one since. I don't think I don't you even need think to. I've watched any even like the Jack Black one. You, you don't even That was like to. in 2006. Yeah. I haven't seen any of them. And I'm just excited for it. It's just going to be stupid entertainment. Fighting on top of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> fucking made me laugh so hard. I'm gonna, I've got an issue of King Kong loses though. The motherfucker has thumbs. Well, use King, your thumbs. King Kong did win the last time they fought in the 60s. Actually, this was actually expert. I was reading up on this. When they made the first Godzilla versus King Kong in the 60s or 50s, whenever it was, those released in like the Asian markets, Godzilla won, and those released in the American markets, King Kong won. Oh fuck. Yeah, they like reshot different endings. So that way both people like both sides are like, yeah, our guy won. Great reviews and then someone goes overseas and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Um, That's fucking. I great. think Godzilla's gonna win personally. Is there betting lines on this? Can we bet on this movie? <laughs> betting lines. <laughs> I think, dude, Godzilla's got his fucking. I was reading. <laughs> I got deep. Well, I think I was on Twitter. It was. It had to have been Twitter, but I was deep into the Godzilla versus King Kong debate, <laughs> like reading people's and like <laughs> you went down the YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> this one person was like, "How is King Kong gonna? You know, because Godzilla can like shoot that laser beam out of his mouth or whatever." And they were like, how is King Kong going to top that? And then someone was just like, he's just going to move out of the way. <laughs> I was just like, that's a good point. That's a fucking good point. Um, there's not currently betting lines um, for Godzilla versus Kong that I can find. However, in August 2017, there was a 1 in 10 chance um, that it got released in 2020. So hopefully you didn't take that bet. <laughs> oh, shit. That sucks. I'm fucking hyped for that movie. Anyways, uh, let's get back to Outside the Wire. How much did you enjoy this movie, Tyler? We didn't even finish. I thought no. we were done. No. <laughs> I was going to end the pod without us even giving our fucking final score or enjoyment. <laughs> no, we just fucking, we got on a tangent. <laughs> um, I gave it a 13. <laughs> I gave it a 14. It was fun. I don't think I'll ever go back and watch it, but if there's nothing else, I, like if go over my dad's and he's watching it, I'll sit down. I'll be fucking entertained. Yeah, I, my 14 is the first uh, rating in the... Would not go out of my way to watch again, but would watch again and would recommend to someone, um, someone who I think would like it, who has not watched it. So I probably will recommend this movie to my dad. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, dude. It's it's a good time. It's not going to win movie of the year. It's not going to be an all-time classic. Um, this is a classic. You're in a hotel room and they have HBO, like premium or whatever, like on the, the – I know that's like a dying breed now, but <laughs> the HBO channel. Yeah. You put it on. You're like, oh, I'll watch this. Yeah, I'll go to bed absolutely. watching this. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's just there, and I think like the rotten they shit on this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's what I was surprised by. Thirty six percent. Is 38. it? And I, I mean, the audience score is closer to 70. 68. Um, but like one of the things, like one of the the good reviews are like, there's nothing wrong with being entertaining and disposable. Yeah. Like this is just an entertaining watch. It maybe you don't come back to it, but that's what they were making. They were making just a fun watch to fucking sit and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, way too low of a score on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Yeah, this should be... Obviously, I don't think it should be certified fresh by any means. Um, it should probably be... What is certified 50, fresh? 70. Okay. It should probably be, like, in the 50s, 60s. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like it. Hey, look, this person agrees with me, Dustin Chase. The moment our headliner, Anthony Mackie, takes off his shirt to reveal he's been created by less than impressive visual effects... This dud begins to pick up. Worst movie of the year momentum. Okay, he doesn't agree with me on that. <laughs> they, I don't understand how you could watch a movie like this and be like, like, seriously, like, what is the difference between a movie like this and a movie like Project Power? I think that got bad reviews, too. I think it got better than 38% and being called the worst movie of the year. Project Power. 61. Oh, my Fair. God. It's like, that's where, that's the kind of level a dumb action movie like this probably should be. Yeah, so that's accurate. But 47 audience, people didn't like it that much. People are liking this way more. I just don't get what where critics draw that line. Yeah. Like I you know what you're going to watch. It's a dumb action movie. Like how do you But yeah, that's the hard part though cuz it's like does that mean I'm more critical of like a movie that was at the Cannes Film Festival that is better than this movie, but since I'm expecting it to be great and it's ne- maybe not as great, do I give it a rot? And then that's the tough part about being a critic, man. That's what we live through. Um, if I ever became a critic, I would just take yeah, this. We skin. have a podcast. I think we can allow it. Allow what? We call ourselves critics. We should oh, We should find – I bet you if we actually started uh, working on our project that we said we were going to announce like months ago and never did, uh, if we actually started working on that and it built Steam, we'd probably be able – to uh, actually leave reviews. I just want to get to the point where we get screeners. That'd be cool. I would have spoiled everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're never going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get off track, what was your final score here, Jay? Uh, 70 out of 100. 70 out of 100. I gave this a 70. Final score. You gave it a 70? 73. I was looking at your score. I was typing your score as I said my score. 73, giving it a final score of I fucking, I put it in order order and I lost it. I don't know where it went. What did we say? 70 says it should be like right 71 here. 71 and a half would be the final score. Outside of the wire, 71 and a half gives us a 27 out of 46 movies. Um, I think it's more than that. No? If I'm not mistaken. Well, I thought the next movie we we're going to really listen was going to be 50. I don't know where I got that from. Yeah, you just made that up. Um. <laughs> Ties Eurovision. Um, okay. The Binge, A Dog's Purpose, Project Power got four points higher. That's the thing. is like we gave it four points higher. These are on the same page for us. Yeah. Critic score is like 40. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like that's right kind of where it deserves to be, you know? better than the witches um than the prom 
Yeah, I gave them the same score, but I definitely packed that up. Um, better than Wonder Woman 1984. Oh God, yeah, I would watch. I would watch this movie over Wonder Woman 1984 every day of the week. Yeah, I was looking if Armin White uh, reviewed this movie. He has not, but he did review Wonder Woman 1984, freshest movie of the year. He actually gave it a rotten. Oh wow, even he couldn't. Yeah, it's because it was only a 59 percent rotten. It's got to be uh, in like the 20s for him to call it fresh. Yeah, but he did give rotten to Time, a movie with 98. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, 98, Nomaland, 96, Promising Young Woman, 91, and Sound of Metal, 96. Now, I just checked his profile. He posted all of these reviews. The nine, So he posted all those reviews I just said. He posted them in like a, a span of three weeks after being like once a month kind of guy. Maybe not once a month, but. Got some catching up to do. Uh, he also gave Tenet a uh, rotten. Well, he's a fucking idiot. He didn't understand it. Tenet only has a 70%. I still yeah, haven't seen that movie. It's pretty confusing. I didn't understand it either. <laughs> uh, he'd probably give this a uh, rotten. Hand up, Jay. Our next, if if we have a dead period and we don't know what to watch, uh-huh. Tenet. we got to review Tenet. Yeah. We have that whole spin zone of, is it better to watch the second time or the first time? Yeah. That's a great, that's a great angle for us to play there. Yeah. We're just wasting it. I just want to say our white whale, interview-wise, is Armin White. Yeah. Like, on like you could tell me, like, hey, Jason, you could interview the President of the United States, um, Corey Seager, um, or Armin White, and I'd be like, Armin White, please. I need to talk to this guy. I would say, I'd, I'd just be like, I just want to start this off by saying every mean thing I've ever said to you. <laughs> um, and just get it out there. And just be like, explain to us your process. Explain how you give to- Toy Story 3 a rotten, but then make Batman vs. Superman a top 10 movie of the... Or Man of Steel a top 10 movie of the decade. I think he also gave Batman vs. Superman a fresh. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, 70 at 1.5, though. That's not bad. Uh, WandaVision, if we could give that a score, it'd probably be like 100, if we're being honest. Not yet. I'd give, I'd give the first three episodes... 80, uh, 84. Look. I was just about to say 84. Palm Springs. They feel Palm Springs-ish. I was actually thinking about that movie the other day because I was, like, thinking about good movies from this year. And then I was thinking about Palm Springs. I was like, that was actually a really good movie. Like, letting it simmer. Like, compared to everything else that's come out this year, like, that might be the best non-Pixar movie that I watched. That came out the last year because, obviously, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, I think, was the best movie I've lo- I watched in 2020. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Palm Springs, Soul, and Onward were my highest three scores this That's year. That's what I'm saying, non-Pixar. Yeah, so I think Palm Springs easily um, outside of those. And even looking at those, while I enjoy the Pixar movies and stuff, I, I think I, I think Pixar is the better movie. Uh, not Pixar. Palm Springs was the better movie. Um, it was fucking good. I don't know. Pixar makes you get your feels, dude. They do. Um, We need a good movie. We had such a good run at the end of 2019 with just elite movies. All yeah, the Oscar winning movies and whatnot. I just don't. I think they're holding all the good movies back right now so they can make money off of them. Be my guess. I've actually um, heard really, really, really good things about that Sound of Metal movie that we just didn't review because I chose a different movie than we didn't review that different movie. <laughs> I think Riley recommended that movie. That Sound movie of- came out in 2019, though. Sound of Metal? Oh, no. November 20, 2020. Why did I say 2019 right there? Yeah, she said to watch it. Um, I, I follow the Barstool guys on Twitter. Two of them. It was their best movie of the year. I don't like how they do their scores, though. Ken Jack follows Bolt Beat on Twitter. 
And he retweets us sometimes. Yeah. They just give them numbers. No, yeah, they just they just. But I will say they got the balls. If it's a bad movie, they drop zeros. Jesus, they've given out some zeros, and it's very entertaining to hear him just shit on them. <laughs> Artemis Fowl, I think, got like a one. Um, but yeah, no, they they don't aren't as thorough as we are, and that's just the truth. Because if we just gave out numbers, I'd be like, oh, outside the wire, I don't know, seventy five. Oh, Avengers Infinity War, a hundred. Oh, but this is a a consistent way of establishing a bar to be measured against. And so far that bar is Avengers Infinity War. It's true. <laughs> At a 96. <laughs> I gave it a 97. What would it take for a movie to top that? I, I, again, we've talked about this. I don't think you can make the perfect movie for us. The way I view it, like on like a star meter, anything above 90 is five stars from us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the truth because you're just splitting hairs at that point. And then maybe like 89 to like, maybe, actually, I have this written down somewhere. Maybe 87 to 89 is four and a half stars. So uh, I downloaded an app where you're just like, hey, I watched this movie. And you just keep track of like all your movies and like have stars and shit. So like even if we don't review it, I can give a movie a rating. Yeah. Um, let's see what I did here. I just watched a movie recommendation. I've been recommending new movies. Well, old movies that I watch for the first time every week. Okay. Ocean's Eleven. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> I watched it for the first time at work. Um, it was a slow day, mm-hmm. and I was just blown away by the twist. <laughs> it's just so much fun. They have so many stars. Don yeah. Cheadle's got an accent. Yeah, I, I had to look up. I was like, "Is that fucking Don Cheadle?" <laughs> Fucks with you. <laughs> um, ninety plus is five stars. Eighty-five to nine. Uh, eighty-five to eighty-nine. Four and a half. I think we got to bump that to like an eighty-six. Eighty to eighty-four is four. Um, we'll do sixty to seventy-nine is three and three and a half. And then anything below, like, 20 to 29 below is just one star or nothing. Because if you get that, it's a shit movie. And I was looking at our list, and I'm like, you give me Drop Dead Fred, Artemis Fowl, Norma the North. Like, these are – because you have to give it, like, at least a half star. Yeah. These are half star movies. Yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) So, again, we don't give out zeros, but we also don't give out hundreds. Exactly. Our scale is really, like, 15 to – 95 which explains why infinity war has a 96 <laughs> um completely random tie can you watch a movie for me depends on that movie jay rat race no uh interstellar i think you'd really like interstellar i heard good things i watched it for the first time for riley's birthday. is that christopher nolan yeah okay you watch interstellar i'll watch tenet <laughs> okay we can do that we'll have a nolan episode um but that's all i got yeah man What's next week? Next week is WandaVision Episode 4 and the movie The Little Things. The Little Things. Coming out on HBO Max. It was a um, theater release that is releasing in theaters somewhere. Who has their movie theaters open? I don't know. Um, drive-ins. Kansas. I feel like Kansas has theaters open. There's a dead fucking center. And drive-ins. Um, yeah. Also on HBO Max. So if you have an HBO Max subscription, you can watch that next Friday. We're going to have to watch it next Friday and review Friday night. As we have been doing, Ty, but that is no problem for us. Um, I'm excited. There's no reviews out for it yet, but it looks good. Um, is this an HBO? It's not an HBO Max original, right? No, it is a theater release. It's one of their theater releases. Because we've had a very, very bad trend with HBO Max originals. No, it's it's. I said that's what I fucking said at the beginning. Thank you for clarifying. Um, it's uh, it's got a great trio of Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Rami. 
Rami Malek, and uh, I don't know if this is great, but uh, Jared Leto. Academy Award winner. Yeah. It's just I, I hate his Joker so much, but I shouldn't let that. And Chris Bauer. Maybe this would be good vibes. Angels will sign uh, Trevor Bauer if you watch his movie, Ty. Chris Bauer? Yeah. I don't even fucking see him. How far down the list is he? On IMDb, he's the fourth. He's not even on Google. <laughs> Poor guy. Michael Hyatt. Don't know who that is. Terry Kinney. Natalie Morales. Isabel Arizia. George Jarsky. Glenn Morshower. Sophia Vasilvia. Ebony and Mayo. Let's see. I don't even see that name. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm um, excited for WandaVision episode four. Yeah. It's a great time. Should be good shit. Um, I got nothing else, Jay. I don't either. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.